welcome back to the square i am your host curtis the fifth and i'm curtis the fourth um, we had a great week of, of football i had super wild card weekend is, is an absolute thing eh, yeah <laughs> I, I, I i i love having that good of like yeah there were a couple of blowouts but every game was good okay let me let me let me just pull this one i watched one and a half games this true weekend. so <laughs> i i'll give you that i'm just saying just i had a busy week schedule i this watched weekend, every so game in its entirety i didn't get to see them all but yes i will agree with that statement nevertheless all these games were great in my opinion uh i mean was a little bit of a snooze fest monday night but We'll get to that one when when the time comes. I'm gonna tell you how much of a snooze fest it was for me. <laughs> I actually slept from I think 4:30 afternoon, and I didn't wake up again until 11:30. Jesus. So when I finally came to, I realized the game was played tonight, and I'm like, oh, I missed the entire game. Then I had to go back and just look at what the score was. So, well, we'll dive yeah. into all the goodies of Wild Card Weekend here, um, and and uh, again, I loved it, um, but. We'll dive into that. We'll get into game picks for for divisional wild card and some some news to get to here as well. Um, so let's go ahead and dive in. Let's recap wild card weekends dating all the way back to Saturday. Ah, oh, the game that started it all. Two Cinderellas come together here. Bang, uh, Bengals get a win, twenty six nineteen, in the thirty one year old thirty one year old drought. Uh, for them getting a playoff win here. You realize that in 31 years ago that these two teams actually played each other, which is interesting because I actually watched this, watched that whole playoff series and didn't remember because, yeah. of course, I was only in eighth grade at the time. <laughs> and but when Vegas wasn't even a thought when Vegas <laughs> formerly as being Oakland, formerly who was L.A. at the time, yeah. actually still had Bo Jackson. And this was the game where Bo Jackson actually blew out uh, his, his his hip. Jeez. And 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 then of course they go into the um AFC Championship and lose fifty one to three to Buffalo. Jesus. Yes, I remember that clearly because that can happen all over. Bo Jackson had um suited up and never played, so it was very it it was very shocking. Like, why are you still sitting there with your uniform on for four straight quarters and you're not going in the game? Well, moving on. But he never played another lick of football anyway. So. Well, it was not that type of night for the Raiders. It, no. This score is a little bit deceitful because it never felt like <laughs> the Raiders ever had a chance in this game. No, it's more of a – the way I tracked it and did my research, it was like a, they just came from behind and just kind of made the score respectable more so than anything. And for I know the they most had a part. chance to try to tie it up, but you, the game was not The that second close. half, you never felt like the, Ra- the Raiders had a chance. Right. They – it's, the Bengals just played a really solid game offensively and de- I mean offensively they are insane. Joe Burrow is he is just different. And oh I'm just not going to get caught up in it. I'm not I'm not going to get caught into the super hype right now. It's just I'm okay, not saying he he's the year. best in the AFC or the best in the uh, quarterback yeah, ever. I, he's number 3 in the AFC right now. It's not right just now. you. I'm hearing your words, but I'm hearing a lot of the, you know, just the fair weather <laughs> reporting that we have to get, and you know. Granted, I've been talking about Joe Burrow all year. That's fine. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, look, dude, I, I've, I've been scouting this dude since last, since he came out of LSU, and that was all great and fine. He got injured, and then he came back, and you know, he, he had a sluggish two, three, three weeks out the gate, and then all of a sudden they boom, they just. Yeah, okay, great. Next year, not I'm not expecting this next year. That's all I'm really that's I'm just gonna cut to the chase. I don't expect okay. them to do what they did this year, next year. That's all I'm saying. I will yeah, they did have a what, a third place, fourth place schedule. 
this year. Yeah. And on yeah. top of that, uh, nobody saw them coming, and everybody took them super lightly. And then when they started True. in those really close games, you're just sitting there. I mean, they dropped a game against Chicago. I mean, that, that in itself is already an egregious offense. But regardless... Joe Burrow has been a super effective, super efficient all year long. In this game, he did it again. Jamar Chase has been one of the most dynamic wide receivers in the entire NFL. Granted, he's a rookie and nobody has any tape on him. Uh, mm-hmm. But you knew where I was going. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's like, come next year, they're gonna have a whole season. Yeah. So it might, like you were saying, it might not look the same next year. But for right now. This team is this is dangerous. If you're gonna talk about San Francisco as one of the scariest teams to play, and we'll talk about that yeah. debacle. But if you want to talk about San Francisco as one of the most dangerous teams to play, I would say, hey, we we're looking at this this is the AFC version of that. Anybody in the AFC, you don't want to see the Bengals right now because they are super hot on offense. They've got a solid defense that can hold you to under 20 points if need be. And on top of that, you just have the big play explosion and just the raw confidence in Joe Burrow to just go out there and just put up as many points as he possibly can think of to put up on you. Um, so they're super scary and they played a fantastic game. I, I loved what they were able to do there. Now, granted, there was some controversy with the with an errant whistle, and I believe Jerome Boger's crew has been basically fired from the playoffs by the NFL, even though. I, this is one thing about the NFL that I don't like, the, the NFL entity itself mm-hmm. that I don't like um, in Roger Goodell. This blind backing of the referees when they make a mistake is just baffling to me. Like, you'll admit when a player does wrong. You'll admit when or sometimes, I mean, you cover up a lot of things for the Washington football team, but when somebody makes an egregious offense and they, there's just no recourse behind it. They'll come in and get an, an owner, an executive for an NFL team for, for, for their mistakes. What is different about the referees that w- no matter what call it is, no matter what the play is, no matter what happens on the field, what happens off the field, regardless, they can just go ahead and make whatever mistake they want to and ne- get, not get any recourse from, from the NFL. Uh, <clears throat> Well, let me start off by saying that, one, the NFL is very consistent in this area. So I give them their consistency. That is the only positive, (laughs) negatively reinforced statement I can make here. But with that being said, absolutely. I don't get it. You would think that they'll be trying to clean up the NFL, but I think they're very selective on what they're trying to clean up as far as an image aspect, which meaning doesn't really necessarily need to clean up anything. It's just the idea of things. You know, it's... It's just like, it, clearly, everybody on the broadcast, if you were watching that game, you heard the whistle. Granted, I felt like that should have been a touchdown regardless, just because let the play play out. Like, that, that it happened, and the, Tyler Boyd had nobody within five yards of him. That window mm-hmm. was as big as, as it could possibly be in the red zone mm-hmm. for, for uh, Joe Burrow to throw into. So, regardless, I thought that that should have been a touchdown. But it's just like, Let's not lie and say you didn't like just you're gaslighting the entire country, the entire viewership of this game where we're all like, yeah, that was a whistle. We heard it. And NBC played it back 7000 times. There was a whistle. Don't try to come out with this stupid statement on Twitter and be like, no, there was no whistle. It came for sure after the play and after he had already caught the ball. It's like, no, we're not dumb. Mm -hmm. We have the technology. We heard it. Everybody heard it. I'm not going to say that uh, the Raiders players let up 
on the play after they heard the whistle because the whistle came after Joe Burrow threw the ball. So they were still playing. They were still playing through the whistle regardless. It was just a matter of why are you lying about it? Why what are what are we what are you what do you get out of covering up the fact that there was an errant whistle? Well, obviously the whistle does matter to a degree because I'm sure there was a lineman or two who let up at some point. It was a scramble play. There was no the, the the whistle came because the side judge thought Joe Burrow had ran out of bounds, but he hadn't yet. Okay. He was literally like four inches away from the line, lets the ball go. As the ball is in midair, whistle comes, and it's like maybe four yards away from Tyler Boyd's hands when the whistle comes. Tyler Boyd catches, comes down in the back of the end zone, touchdown. Let's keep how you doing, keep it moving, type type play. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, well, we got to review that because we heard a, 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 all the Raiders players like there was a whistle. Like, did he not step out of bounds and replay review, which we'll get to the referees in the next segment, because mm-hmm. I, I do want to uh, commend the NFL for what they're trying to do with the referees this playoff. Mm-hmm. But they're looking around like there was clearly a whistle. So is the play dead or does it stand? They do replay review. And then they're just like, yep, yeah, nope, touchdown. Let's, let's keep it moving. It was like. Well, hold on. The rule is errant whistle. That's a replay of the down. It's basically effectively a do-over. Mm-hmm. So if that was the case, obviously, yes, that affects the game because that's not a touchdown that goes on the board. But regardless, it's just like, again, why are we lying about the fact that right. there was a whistle? Like, like it's just it, it's blatant ignorance to me. You know, you got to protect the shield, and the shield doesn't make any mistakes, even though it clearly makes worse. all the mistakes <laughs> in the world, and we all know this. But it's the shield, so it's you'll call out a, a player, and you'll do the 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 after uh, after Sunday report about what should have been a flag and what what should not have been a flag, and and who's getting fined for this or that and the other. It, you'll do all of that against the players, but when it comes to the refs, no, they can do no wrong, and you reinforce these egos that these refs have so that they keep making dumb decisions on the field and when you do that this is what pisses off the fans because it's going to eventually turn into a new orleans state la rams type of thing it's an ego thing nope i can never be wrong about anything so i'm gonna make the rule as i go yeah and it's not like a situation like that game that's changing rules and changing the way the game is played and cleaning the game up and no it's just we're just waiting for the next shoe to drop at some key moment for some poor team that's it's going to affect and boom your whole season is over based on a super bad call that should have never happened and didn't and they don't have enough foresight to correct it course correct it in that moment yeah you know so uh we got to see it yet again in another playoff game uh, i guess i could say Fortunately, with quotations, it was in the first round and not like the conference championship. There is that. But then also it wasn't because granted, again, the Bengals were driving like it was nobody's business against the the Raiders in, in, in complete honesty. So it's not like there's no way they would have not scored on the on the at the end of this drive. There were four yards out. It was a first down play like it. They would have had multiple shots at it. And even if they even if they didn't get the touchdown, Evan McPherson from within the 20 is not missing field goals right now. So mm-hmm. it's, they still theoretically would have won this game regardless, but it's just, why are you opening the door for so much controversy? Regardless, let's, if they're wrong, they're wrong. And you, you'll call out the players, you'll call out uh, executives, you'll call out staff for being wrong. 
call out the refs when they're wrong so they're held accountable so they they do better. Just be yeah. better. And it's that blind. I don't know, like I've seen this in another sector of the world. Not it has nothing to do with sports, but. Mm-hmm. It's just that whole less I'll acknowledge there when you know there's no perfect players, there's no perfect people. Things things do happen. We do make mistakes. However, they will never take responsibility or accountability yeah. for that statement. They'll just make this blanketed statement that there's nobody perfect. Yeah, we could we're we're giving you an example and they won't acknowledge <laughs> the example that we have here. Is yeah. it not even that? It's just you're blatantly lying to the fans and gaslighting us saying like no, there was that whistle was clearly after after the play was over, it's like, come on, yeah. We we replayed it seven thousand times during the broadcast. It's, come on, but now it's. I mean, we got to look at it. Well, I'm gonna put a spin on it. It's for clickbait. It gives us opportunities to sit here and discuss it. Fair. Us and the I other got content two, now. The other yeah, <laughs> the other five hundred podcasters out there across the nation talking about this, and and of course the debate shows because it gives them just another debate topic to yeah. talk about. So it, it's you fair, know fair. it's BS at the end. No, it's BS technically, but. No, I'm just saying I'll you're making it, a fair no, no, point. No, 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 no. That's yeah. what I'm saying. But yet, it it kind of falls under this. Well, let's yeah, it's clickbait. We could we it's, it's news lines, it's headlines. You know, it's, it's BS, man. Yeah. I'm like, and at the same time, if I'm the Raiders or the Las Vegas fan base, I'm pissed. You know, and you know, because it's gonna affect them first and foremost, and then any other sports betters. And I don't know who lost a couple thousand dollars because of this. And you know, I'm just saying, that's, it's, that's it's such too. a it's such a snowball effect in so many different areas based on, look, you can make mistakes, but the point the point of, like you were saying, one, you need to acknowledge it, and two, clean it up. And that's, they're not doing either or. They just, mm, we're just going to try to dance around and, yeah. you know, dance around the issue yet again. And once again, trying to make it for the sake of the shield and the code, you know, hmm. Uh, we'll give you some, you know, BS statement later, but well after the fact that didn't help anybody in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about for the Vegas Raiders, not necessarily Vegas to the city, but it, you know, it's just it just it, it's it's it, it's absurd at this point with all this damn technology, all these camera angles, all of these rule changes, and yet this stuff <laughs> continuously just keeps happening like clockwork. <laughs> it's just a matter of Because they're not going to the root of the problem. And, and, no. and we'll talk, like I said, I, I have some thoughts right. on the reps in the next segment. Gotcha. Uh, but there was another Saturday game that was uh, equally fantastic. Okay. Uh, my goodness, the Bills. Seven for seven. You want to talk about perfection. This team came out. They were ready to play football. Hmm. Yeah. Seven, I, I... seven degrees at kickoff, negative seven by, by the end of the game. And they just <sighs> routed. The Patriots. The Patriots just did not come to play in this game. No. Um, and, you know, it, it, what kind of uh, – okay, for me, what, what, what is so difficult to call these games when it's, when it's this matchup, I should say, this Buffalo-New England thing, yeah. it is because New England was the one t- – t- one of the top-notch playoff teams by the end of the year that seemingly caught fire midseason. Yeah, and it, it, where other teams like I'll take an example in Arizona caught fire out the gate and then just fizzled out hard completely, you know, <laughs> and just gave you know misrepresented themselves <laughs> the second half of the year, and then you have your teams that catch they are fire who we late. Thought they were <laughs> New England was that mid range team, so you couldn't call them out early, you couldn't call them out late, you just didn't know, it, you, you know, and it's Belichick, they, so you, you know you what gave it is them their credit. It, until they hit the field, and then it was like, "What the hell is this?" Oh, you know man. what it is. <laughs> Please, they were me. a true wild card. Eh, fair, <laughs> uh, I did, fair, and and he, I just think the Belichick element 
just yeah. clouds everything anyway. And I know you kind of like, I can't seriously bet against Belichick and, and, and go against it. Yeah, you couldn't, but you can. And I, I did. I know, I, did I understand. <laughs> right. And this, but you didn't do it with confidence. You were just no. like, oh, my God, how much am I going to possibly lose going against, betting against this man once again? Because it ain't really Belichick, per se. It's Belichick-Brady combination. I know. You know? It's hard now after literally my entire life, my entire mm. life watching football, all up. I've ever known was Brady-Belichick is just that powerhouse. And so you don't have the separation of the two. I was never around when he was with Cleveland, when he knew he was with the Giants, when he almost took the Jets job. Like, right. I wasn't around back then. And so, like, I just, all I right. Mean, you know what you know. Yeah. I and mean, that's and, fine. And so, like, when you when I look at Belichick, I'm just like, it's Belichick. He's the greatest coach of all time. Like, what? How do you bet against him? But I did it. I I I put fifty bucks on it, and I got my return, <laughs> and I got it handedly by by the end of the first quarter. I was like, okay, let's go, because the they went out there. Josh Allen is, I mean, he's busted out as one of the best AFC quarterbacks, not the best. He's just he's in that top five of the AFC quarterbacks. He's not a top two. I think he's right there, right behind. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, but he has to be number yeah. two. Uh, you said top five. Like, well, I was just, trying to be. I was trying to be conservative three, about it. Two. No. I don't, who's three? It doesn't matter. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Best way to put it. But he goes out there, twenty-one for twenty-five. He, as a total offense, they had three hundred yards. Uh, he ended the game with three hundred and eight because they just took their foot off off the gas, even though they scored another twenty points they, in the fourth quarter. Did they stay on the second half? I mean, did they stay on one half of the field? Because I'm I was I was confused by the yardage. Like, how did they score so many points with so little yards? It was the fact that the defense was giving them sh- such short fields. Mm. Um, on, on top of, I mean, they they ended they ended the first half with three hundred yards. So they they went like they run. I only out seen all over the them. first quarter. So yeah, and so, I and I obviously missed. Obviously, Everything. I I seen fourteen points, but missed the whole game. Damn near, regardless. I'm like, really, y'all put up forty seven on the day I decided not to watch y'all. Yeah, that, exactly. They they just came out there. Devin Singletary had himself a day uh, rushing the ball. I mean, sixteen for eighty one, two touchdowns. But where the, the defense is where the nicest thing came from. It was just mm-hmm. like the defense was out there, and they just they made it so hard for Mac Jones to even just think straight in the cold, like. He didn't mm-hmm. want to be hit because it was so cold. When he got hit, it was just it, they were brutal shots, and and then it was just a bevy of different uh, blitz packages that he just did not know what was coming. It didn't look like he was super confused out there. It's just like I got nothing. Got like literally, I just don't have the ability. <laughs> like, and then you got guys like uh, Jacoby Meyer dropping passes. Uh, I mean, uh, Hunter Henry dropped a, a wide open screen pass. Like it was just. Uh, it was just tough all all night round, and there's a bunch of people on on in, on oh, social geez. media coming out talking about like, oh wow, Buffalo made New England look like the Jets and and all that stuff. It was just like, yeah, they made them look like a Pop Warner team out there. They they, the Buffalo Bills might fairness, be. In all fairness, I don't think the Jets would have scored seventeen. But go ahead. True. No, I, I, I'm, that that <laughs> no, social I, media, I, everybody gets a little bit hyperbolic on there. Um, but I I will say this. The Bills, to me, outside of the Chiefs, might be the hungriest team in these playoffs. Uh, hungriest? 
Yeah. As they should be. I don't see any other team with that type of just like, no, we're going to step on your throat, and I'm not going to let my foot off because if I do, that's when you're going to get get me. And I'm they were like they're it's like they played that game like they were tight like they were like the kid that was bullied and he finally snapped type play. Gotcha. And I would have gave only one other team may could have qualified for that, and unfortunately they're not in the playoffs anymore. That would have been Dallas. Yeah. But, well, yeah. Dallas definitely was not hungry. Right. Not a segue. Get, just, we'll get back just to them saying. in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. So obviously, yeah. Absolutely. And I got a I got a I got a I got a um hot take for this Buffalo Kansas City matchup when we get into our next segments. Okay. But just wanna just throw that caveat out there. If I don't bring it up, remind me. I will. Um but no, this was just I, I was super impressed. I they had the most efficient offense out of I mean, basically of all time. Never has happened before in NFL history in the playoffs. Seven for seven. Seven drives, seven touchdowns. Just they could not be stopped. And and this is coming off of a, a New England defense that was, I believe, if not top five, top ten at 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 the at worst. And so, I mean, it's gosh. true. But what I've seen something that you have not limited history, and I've seen it so many times now, dating back to the nineties, that just playoff football in Buffalo. You 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 playing against Buffalo late December, early January. More than likely, either you playing with like sixteen inches of snow, or it's negative brutally cold. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, be like they're, they're playing Boston. It's not Buffalo. I, and, and that it, was I, the, I, I'm just I, I don't want thought. to. Everybody ignore. kept like hammering home. It was so cold. I'm like, they're playing New England. Like I get it. It's not as cold. It's like the difference between Chicago and Kansas City. Like it, it's cold in Chicago. It's cold in Missouri, but it's it's freezing in Chicago. Better yet, it's the difference between Chicago and Minnesota. If Minnesota was playing outdoors, yeah, yeah. The, the reason why I didn't do that is because they don't play outdoors. I'm just saying yeah. in general, just or weather, Chicago just in, in Green Bay. Yeah, it's just weather in in itself. Like it's just yeah, it's cold, but then there's brutally cold. Yeah. And this game, yeah, you and people could say well, Buffalo was out there in it as well, but. They're more accustomed to this kind of weather. I don't agree with that. I, 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 I just people keep saying that, and it's just like I don't. You, you both have to play when it get when it's that when if I, it, I would have that sentiment if it was Kansas City, if since I'm, it's Buffalo, you're both in negative seven degrees. You have to get up to play. We've seen it time and time I'm not, again. I'm, I it's like teams like Green Bay, up, but that I'm just saying. Then you have to start breaking down personnel. Your players, where did they come from? Mm. Where, which colleges? Yeah, did they that play? that would you be know? the yeah. You know what I'm saying? If some of these guys say say what you want to say, but those two or three games a season that they got to play in these type of weather, this type of weather, they just don't perform well, or yeah. they don't, you know. And I'm I'm not saying that that's a sole factor. I just think that it factored into it to some degree. It shouldn't have, besides, consider they're Boston, but I'm just making a point that Buffalo just has some really crappy weather in the winter. Like, and uh, it just, I'm just saying, if it ain't you buried under snow, you got this. And yeah. yeah. And like I said, I mean, or you if, have the game that we had a couple of weeks ago with, with these two teams in particular, where it was 40, 50 mile per hour winds and you literally just could not throw the ball. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it, yeah, that's something. I mean, there's some weather event when you have to weather play. factored into these two, these two teams playing each other for whatever reason this year, but every with, game, but with that being said, Buffalo definitely proved that they were the superior team. Take these records. It's 11 to six, 10 and seven. Buffalo was that team from last year. 
Okay. Yes. Did they drop a few games here and there? They did. Can't explain why they did all of that. But they showed me they were that the team that we thought this they This is the team be. that I thought we would see all season long. Exactly. This is what I was waiting for. And, and they, I was so excited to see it and on And they Saturday. righted that ship from the first um, upset of this New England game with this game They've here. They've blown New England out two times in the last three weeks. Yeah. And I mean, it actually like routed this team. Yeah, they I don't know. Maybe that New England loss woke them up because from that point on, they have been they have been a scary, good, a scary, great team down the stretch. And then now against a Belichick led, you know, led them back to the playoffs. Belichick got them back on track <laughs> without Tom Brady. 10 and 7, almost won a division, and then got routed like a team that had no business being in the playoffs. <laughs> hey, if Miami can figure it out, this might become the best division in football. If Miami can just figure it out. And this is what I was used to seeing in the 90s Miami getting routed in Buffalo in January. Jim it's Kelly Miami. Era. You yeah. can't. This is why Dan Marino cannot get to the Super Bowl. You, <laughs> if the Super Bowl has to keep going through a place like Buffalo, it was yeah, time until I watched it year after year after that's year. Fair. And now, so I'm saying to the to your to your to your um to your point, we got I got a little nostalgia from the whole you know um, Vegas you know and um Cincinnati. Cincinnati Bengals thing going. I'm like okay, and then you see, then I'm like okay Buffalo <laughs> what, negative seven. I'm like oh this is following suit like I'm used to seeing back in the day and then uh, yeah. And then and I can even say back in the day, New England was not a thing, yeah, <laughs> not sure. at all back in the nineties, at, at or the eighties, or you know, the for 70s. one year in the eighties, on a fluke. <laughs> I don't even want to get there. because Dan Marino seated, couldn't get there. A six seated. Wo- <laughs> Stop! We're I don't even know how they even lost that game. <laughs> oh my god! But for the ultimate, uh, ultimate rematch game in the Super Bowl. Moving right, on. Let's go to the Sunday. <laughs> Damn. Damn, damn. <laughs> oh, no. oh god for anybody from chicago understands what we're even mentioning what we're even hinting at at that point uh no but sunday was like another just fantastic day of football three games all great <laughs> oh my god yes and kansas city was one of them they finally played on a sunday yeah it's true <laughs> that is something you do not see in the first round well that's because they're also not the first seed yeah, that's the other. Oh, okay. Because usually the first seed uh, plays on Saturday, play. yeah, and uh, and usually the first seed does not play on the first week. Well, yes, so. obviously that. But, no, but no, I'm no, saying I'm the saying. first seed usually plays on Saturday because they have that bye. Oh, that's right. Um, but regardless, moving on, moving on. Sunday football. It started with, I mean, the goat just comes in and just shuts this whole Jalen Hurts nonsense down. I mean, he might single-handedly just got Jalen Hurts fired from the Philadelphia Eagles right there. Maybe, and I, I'm, I, I think that's I don't a, agree with that's it. such a, yeah, <laughs> such a disgusting statement that Philadelphia is so unloyal. I, I mean, uh, God, it gosh, is, my for God, for the city of brotherly love, I don't understand they what don't, they what the issue is they with Jalen Hurts. Don't understand what love means. I mean, you know I mean, what? My lord. But this is what I said at the beginning of the year. They are more infatuated with the next quarterback that they will not build around the guy that they have. They did it with Carson Wentz. They did it with Nick Foles. And now they're doing it to Jalen Hurts. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm trying. I was thinking back. Who did they have before them? Just a slew of nobody. So it didn't matter. I mean, uh, Sam Bradford. Bradford. They traded him away. Michael, they were just like, yeah. Michael Vick for a minute. Mm-hmm. And that didn't really, yeah. It, it, which they Donovan McNabb. Transformed his whole damn game to being a pocket pass. And he was. 
came and shelled him and said, moving on. I, th- I thought they erased his career. They well, don't. They don't believe in having a franchise quarterback as a franchise, like as an organization. They don't believe in it. And I was saying that to say I was going back even further. I have not seen them really seriously commit to a quarterback since Randall Cunningham. Mm. And this is early 90s. That's insane. Yeah. God, I just. It... And please comment if you got another name you want to throw out that maybe I forgot somebody, somebody late 90s, is early 2000. At throw this it at point. Me. I'm just wondering, what am I not seeing in Jalen Hurts that all? Because I mean, obviously, all of Philadelphia is watching watched him way more than I have, so they've got more <laughs> more experience with it. But from what I've seen, every single time I turn on and I watch Philadelphia Eagles, I, I've said this for like a month straight now. Mm-hmm. Every single time I watch the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts is the only thing that I like about that team. Let me tell you what's helping your lens versus most of the rest of the just the most of the population around. The, the 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 country. Yeah. You have a special lens, and it's called being a Bears fan. We have this lens for <laughs> scoping out bad quarterbacks. We That's know fair. what bad quarterback play look like. Now, I'm not even, it's not even a pun. I'm being serious. <laughs> I'm laughing at me. I'm serious, though. We know what a bad quarterback looks like. Yeah. It ain't Jalen Hurts. If, it's not. Let me be very clear. If we didn't have Justin Fields, and, bring – could we have him, please? I'm sorry, and, and that's didn't have the Fields. other thing, because – I was very critical of Jalen Hurts going into this season. I, I when we were talking about mm-hmm. this team, he was the reason why I had them at three and fourteen. Like I just did not see what he because those last six games that he started last year, I just didn't see it. I did not see what they were going to what they built around him to make him any better. But he developed. He's gotten some his feet wet this year, and he just went out there and all he did was ball this year. And let's be real, he. Barely, barely had two targets this whole season. Barely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm being very gracious here. He didn't have any weapons. And that, that was a, a dude that has to throw to Jalen Rager for this entire season. I'm sorry. that uh, where Jalen Rager has been the one of the biggest busts in all of draft history. And I know all of you Philadelphia fans are can 100% agree with that because that's all you guys talk about on goddamn Twitter. That and the fact that you want to move on from him for uh, move on from Jalen Hurts for some reason. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm good lord. I'm looking at even who is outside of Goddard and Smith, which are the two I'm talking yeah. about. Four of his other receivers were all running backs that he targeted. I'm like, and then the then Rager, he trash one. For I'm gonna two. say it trash one for two with three targets. He and I, I'm only saying that I think he targeted him too many times with three. I'm like, I wouldn't even look this guy's way if I Quez. Quez Watkins, I don't even know who that is. And I don't even know who who the other who the number two wide receiver was all season. I have no clue. Yeah, I don't think do. it, I don't Rager. Oh my God. No. <laughs> I never even considered him on the depth chart that high. And that's all they had. Quez that's Watkins had to be coming from the practice squad, I'm guessing. If they would have had a veteran quarter or veteran wide receiver, Devontae Smith would have had a one of the most like that would have been a career season for, for Devontae Smith. His name is Devontae or Devonta? I say Devontae. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm just okay. Go ahead. <laughs> moving on. It's just the way. Yeah, it's just how it's spelled. Um, but regardless, I I just if they would have had a guy, if they, <laughs> you have to think about the fact that they had they had the chance, it was sitting right there in front of them. They again could have had Justin freaking Jefferson and Devontae Smith this season. Hmm. With, to go along with Jalen Hurts in the backfield and 
maybe if they have those two guys, Miles Sanders doesn't get hurt as much as he does. Right. Like they have they they had the perfect setup for them to be able to get that and they just they they fumbled the bag harder than anybody I've ever seen. Yeah. So we back to the fan base want to start at the quarterback and work their way backwards. So now, what your prediction was for Philadelphia this last offseason? Maybe you want to reserve <laughs> it for this next coming up because now yeah. I am souring on Philadelphia because outside of, again, those three pieces, I don't see much um, upside here offensively for them. And defensively, they're just kind of a middle of a row defense if, you know. It, that's going to take some work. And, and I did, they are in a rebuild. And it's just it, because <laughs> the funny thing is they've got three of the top 19 picks in this this year's draft. So they've got a really good chance at rebuilding and hitting on a couple of picks to get some key guys that can come in and really contribute I, I, early I on. I see them getting two quarterbacks and a kicker within the first three. God. Doing something really backwards, ass backwards. Yeah. Let's I, talk I about I'm the team that won this game, on. though. Uh, <laughs> by the way, the score of this game, I don't think I mentioned it. 31-15 to 15 Buccaneers route, route the Philadelphia Eagles. And correct me if I'm wrong. Did not did the Buccaneers score 31 straight before? Yes. 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 Okay. That, that, is, that is I a, just want to make sure. <laughs> I just want to put that on record that, yeah, until they scored 31, then Philadelphia decided to show up. No, no, no. Philadelphia scored their 15 in garbage time. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I was like, okay, better way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. They had 15 garbage They points. They were absolutely blown out in this game. Uh, yes. But Brady, 29 for 37, 271 yards, two touchdowns. Missing both Rojo and Leonard Fournette, Keyshawn Vaughn comes to step in. 17 carries, 53 yards, a touchdown. Mike Evans, he's got to be one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL right now. Uh, nine receptions, 117 yards, and a touchdown for, hey, for you him. You know what the problem is? Why he, you know, I mean, granted, yeah, he was, you know, Jameis Winston, and he, yeah. was the, he was the guy, hands down. When Brady got over there, the, the, what clouded this whole Mike Williams element wasn't so much Godwin. It was him bringing Gronk with him. Yeah. That's what just, and then you just add AAB another target. It's just like it just watered him down to this weird in-between target monster in the red zone, yeah. but then he's not really a chain mover. You know what I'm saying? You, he, he was just like, you did. You couldn't put your finger on what he could bring to the table outside of, you know, you play him straight up, but you know what I'm saying? But but you just couldn't really game plan for him. And it's just, now you take two of the two, you know, you take all these targets away, yeah. these assets, and now we get to see the old Mike Williams. And, Evans, and, and, Mike and, Evans. Mike, Mike Williams. Mike Evans. <laughs> Sorry, Mike Williams. I apologize. You over there in L.A. on the couch with the rest of us, you know, and moving on. And and so we see a vintage Mike Evans, but now we get to see him like solely Evans-Brady combo type. I don't know, but when it comes to fantasy next year, he's definitely going to be on my list. I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know. With all, well, depending, because Godwin is a free agent this year. Uh, Gronk might retire again. Like, you, you never know. Um, so I'm just saying he's a steady piece that's been there the whole time. With AB being gone, for sure, his target share is going to go up next year. That's in, what opened my thing. Yeah. And Ty Johnson is his name. Ah. Because okay. Ty, Tyler. Tyler Johnson. He's not. He he doesn't threaten me at all as a number three receiver. No. He oh my god, that dude is the guy that does threaten best, me for the number three is Scotty be, Miller though. What happened? That's what I was trying to say. He must be injured because I'm like, why is Ty Johnson getting all this time playing time? And I'm like, because at best, I'm like, he should be fifth on the depth chart. It's just the fact that I think for some reason, I, it must be something that happened this off season mm-hmm. that Scotty Miller is become one of his favorite targets because 
they just it seems like it's just a chemistry thing with those two. It looks mm-hmm. like Ty Johnson probably just was like, I'm gonna take my vacation. And Scotty Miller was like, No, I'm gonna work, I'm gonna work with the goat <laughs> type right. type situation. So that might be the reason and why. And that's who I'm expecting. I was expecting to see a, a Scotty Miller and an OJ Howard break out. And maybe we maybe still more football to be yeah. played, but those are two targets. Like you can't sleep on these two players. I'm gonna say OJ Howard. He's gonna be somebody in DFS that people need to be looking at because mm-hmm. he's gonna be a guy that's like in the next few weeks when they start locking up Mike Evans because I mean, that's the only wide receiver that they really have. Not really too threatened by Scotty Miller. Uh, and then you got it. Oh, the only other guy you got to cover is Rob Gronkowski. Exactly. They're gonna be coming out in these two tight end sets. You got to just hope they don't come back with Leonard Fournette and, and Rojo at some point because those guys come back with Keyshawn Vaughn. You got a three headed monster in the backfield. You've got a a three tight end uh, package that you can have. Plus, you've got these little speedy guys and Ty Johnson and Scotty Miller, and then one of the most physical dominant wide receivers uh, in the game right now in Mike Evans. It's just, this is a scary Tampa Bay oh, yeah. team. If they can get healthy, that's the problem. And Giovanni Bernard has returned. True. Oh, Giovanni Bernard is back. <laughs> uh, he had himself a day as well. Um, but <laughs> this is what I am. Uh, this Go is ahead. the reason why I don't think the Buccaneers are going to win the NFC. They keep losing key players. Ryan Jensen and Tristan Wirfs are both down right now. Ryan mm. Jensen, it's almost a guarantee he's not playing next week, and Tristan Wirfs is going to be a game-time de- decision on the offensive line. And you're going up against the Rams defense, who we'll talk about in a minute, mm-hmm. who finally is getting all of their guys back, and they are looking like one of the scariest defenses in all of the NFL. I'm sorry, Brady, but hey, it might be time to hang it up if, if that's the defense you're going to have to go with uh, with, with that depleted man, offensive line man, i mean january football in tampa is not that bad yeah so <laughs> <laughs> it's not <sighs> so that's gonna be yeah oh my god wait till we get to the next week's end. Go ahead. <laughs> so that, that's just me i just did tampa bay is really really hurt right now they are limping into the divisional round right now hanging on to a thread because it they lose another guy it's just like oh well that, that, that's it like mike evans goes down rob gronkowski goes down uh, Keyshawn Vaughn goes down. Anybody on the defense goes down. It'll. I feel like that entire thing implodes hmm. because they just don't have. They've already have no DBs. So That's true. like, <laughs> the, the, the defense has been suspect. They've been finding ways, but yeah, when you start getting to you know, we kind of gotten past the middle of the road teams, uh, the pretenders. No, this so is on. this is going to be... This is it. Yeah, We're, these yeah. are real teams. I mean, we'll talk about it because the teams that are left are all like... These anybody are all the, in these of these teams will be in the... It could be in the in the Super Bowl. Right. And it, and, <laughs> and it's... I mean, you, you can make a case for all of them. Yes. You know, it's not one of those, oh my God, we got that one Cinderella team. No Cinderella's made no. it through. So, and rightfully so for a change. I'm, you know, because... You always get that one yeah. outlier thing that you. you, know, you it get, makes the divisional round so watered down. You have one game where you're just you're basically sleeping through until you get to a good one. Yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> you know, you, you got to hope it's not the Sunday night cap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you all of a sudden you're getting some kind of Green Bay Giants type game. You're like, what the, you know, you know, something like you know, Disgusting. it'd be like, how did you? Oh God, yeah, you would draw that type of matchup. You know, all oh, that's out the window. <laughs> Thank goodness. You know, we got. We took care of all that in the first round. We so. have the best teams in the NFL right now. Yes, and that's even including one road team winning, which was a legit one, you yeah. know, San Francisco. But to your point, um, 
I'm still on the. I'm not. I mean, I'm not on a fence with the Buccaneers. I know I have not said that they would would or would not go advance this and that. I don't think they was going to win or be in the Super Bowl or making a return. But to your point, I can see them. You know, next week could be the end of the line for them. I, I mean, that was one of the things that I was just thinking about watching this game. I was like, yeah, I I handedly had them take going up against uh Philadelphia. I, I had no worries about taking them there. But mm-hmm. the fact that you couldn't escape that game without losing two two major major pieces to your to your offense to your team as a whole, that's come on, you guys got it. <laughs> what is happening with that training staff out there that's causing this? Because this is yes, I know it's two ankle injuries, but it's like come on. like and, wow. And we've seen this last year in Kansas City. Yes. So. <laughs> If this is just the beginning of, of a foreshadowing of them just falling to pieces one you know one week after the next, yeah, you can go ahead and start penciling them out of out of the um out of the playoff advancement you know and just moving on you know and if it's a good run and that's great but you know father time and father injuries usually went out time and time again so you want to talk about fizzling out? <laughs> oh my goodness! I mean I. Granted, did not have this team as a, as a NFC powerhouse, but or a team that we thought were going to the Super Bowl. But come on, Dallas, the hell was that? And I, before we get into this, I want to give you your props because you this entire season have hit home the point on Dallas that nobody else, I th- nobody else that I know <laughs> has been talking about. They are not going anywhere with the coaching that they have. Mm-mm. And you, I will say it, the reason they lost this game is because of Mike McCarthy. And I'll say why after you get to talk about it, because I think you deserve to have the floor to talk about Dallas okay. for a second here. I'm going to start first <laughs> as a precursor. I didn't target any Dallas players in the fantasy this year for this very reason. You sit one on, on my way. Exactly. I even bowed out, bowed out of one. Uh, you know, Ezekiel Elliott himself, but I, it is Mike McCarthy. <laughs> God, I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but let me be very clear about Dallas. He is a bad coach for Dallas and for a lot of teams in the league. And specifically for these, I'm just going to, the type of caliber team. Mike McCarthy is not a good coach for a contending team. He is not that kind of coach. He is not that mm. type of coach that's going to put you over. Don't tell me about, oh, he won a Super Bowl in Green Bay. Hell, any one of us could have sat on the sideline with that team and won a Super Bowl. I that think number three defense in the NFL. He did nothing special in Green Bay. Most talented quarterback in, no. in the NFL history. Uh, no, I'm, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers called most and dictated most of his own plays anyway. And if he didn't like it, he probably called an audible. And, you know, and hell, he was a Hail Mary giant, and you know, which it was not a play at all. That's all him. That had nothing to do with Mike McCarthy outside of a bad play that broke down and he found a way yeah. to succeed in it. Then Dallas picks this guy up from the moment they signed him. I've had a problem with Dallas. I'm like, what? This is not going to work. I'm, I'm, no. I never understood the signing. I'm not finna be. I'm not one of these armchair quarterbacks. After the fact, I have consistently, You've I have been saying an this all issue year. with Mike McCarthy. And now this year, when they all of a sudden turned the, t- you know, Zach is back. They're back on track. The defense finally 
they finally got the defensive pieces that they needed from sorely was missing from last year, this year, and they were in an overachieving defense, in my opinion, but nevertheless, a good defense. So they were a real, legit playoff team. I'm not necessarily saying they was a Super Bowl contender now. If they caught lightning in the bottle, all bets are off for any team if they catch lightning. I mean, but, that offense itself can get you to the Super Bowl. But that offense was amazing. Yes. Over, oh, and God. Over. <laughs> uh, injuries are not amazing. They just, they literally, to me, was like next man up, whoever. <laughs> you just step in. Cedric Wilson steps in. He ain't necessarily one hey, catching Cedric all Cedric Wilson almost got the, the catch that, that would have sealed this game. I was going to say, he's not necessarily <laughs> he'd be the one catching all the touchdown passes. But he kept you, he kept you, um, he kept you honest. And Ceedee Lamb and uh, uh, Amari Cooper, all of them just yeah. killing you. Then you got Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard, who looks, I mean, oh, for two seasons, have looked so much better than Zeke. Even though I am a Zeke fan, and I would take Zeke any day over Tony Pollard. But yet, when it came to the eye test, Tony Pollard wins the eye test every single time. And yet, you got this two-headed monster that they never even declared that was out there, and just. I mean, chomping up yards. If one couldn't get it going, just the go to the other it, one. Yeah. And if, they, if, they, if, they, if for some reason they thought that they, they didn't want to do any running, guess what? We're going to run option plays, throw the ball, and we're going to let Dak run. And <laughs> it's you can't stop this kind of offense technically. The only thing that can stop it is, it, guess what? Itself. Mike McCarthy <laughs> and his horrible, and I mean horrible play calling. And t- t- play calling, time management, clock management, and all of that, uh, all of the above. When it comes down to it, when the rubber meets the road, this guy can't get the job done. They could tell me, hey, hey, they're 12 and 5, they were this and they were that. <laughs> and um, Jason Garrett has only had two 12 seasons, two 12, um, 12 win seasons in, in a decade. Did and, he? In a decade. That was just, hold on. Mike McCarthy got his second one in his second year. Give him eight more years. I guarantee you he <laughs> might get one more. That's how I, I don't I don't I'm not even taking I was just making I just wanted to measure that to show that does not mean Mike McCarthy has turned the corner here. All he has done is he's taken an overly talented team and let that team do what they do. And they got you twit that the team alone can get 12 wins. What guess what they can't do? The coach has to come into the play to get them playoff wins. That's where you come in. What what did we watch? A complete debacle of a, a wasted season is the way I look at it. I'm not even a Dallas fan, but that is a waste of a season. And I'm and now that there's discussions, is Mike McCarthy right for the job? Is he not? The only thing that discusses me about the conversation is the fact that y'all really want to have this conversation now? <laughs> All a reactionary conversation? See, I'm not having a reactionary conversation. I am responding and commenting and continuing a, a long-standing narrative that I have been having all year long. Mike McCarthy is the number one move that they need to make in the offseason. Their is- personnel is fine. They need to move. They need to change coaching staffs. It's disappointing because we have Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones' son, who's the executive vice president of uh, football operations over in Dallas, saying that he has full confidence that Mike McCarthy will be the head coach next year. And this is why Dallas has not been doing anything for <laughs> 26 years. Which, by the way, personally, don't care. I don't. I don't keep tabs on none of this. I remember when they won the three out of four. I was just happy that San Francisco and Green Bay wasn't winning back in the day. That's that's kind of where I was back in the nineties, you know, because I was I was I didn't I was not a I was not a big Steve Young fan. 
Joe Montana had moved on. Yeah. I never was. I mean, I respect Brett Favre. Like, how you respect Aaron Rodgers. I don't like Aaron Rodgers, personally. See, it's different during yeah. I don't even like him <laughs> at all. I'm like, you, you're, I, re- I respect you're, you're, Brett You're no well. Brett Favre, sir. I'm sorry to say that. You know, then, then when he got his little. That's a whole nother And he got his whole little title. And they were like, oh, he already has one. And he's already tied. He's ar- back to Dallas. Tied. Back to Dallas. Still tied, by the way. <laughs> so, now we come back. And we, now, here we are. 26 years, they haven't made it. This is why y'all haven't made it. It's it's these type of sign these these type of hires that they do. What Jerry Jones? What is it? What what was it that you? That, I don't understand this, this this this. I still don't understand his his hiring. Is it because he just felt he had championship experience and he he came from a a stellar you know a stellar franchise. Everything was right in Green Bay, but him. I didn't like him in Green Bay. I thought he sucked. He, 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 he gave me that same vibe how you, what I used to see with like Childress in in Minnesota. He just has like this one chip. He has Adrian Peterson. He has three plays he can keep calling, no matter what you know. But other than that, he can't seriously call a game. It's just you know we're first and goal on the four. We're gonna just run it all four times. If we don't get in, we don't get in. He, he has nothing. I'm not saying that you ain't supposed to throw the ball, but my point <laughs> being is, he has. That's all. If it is Adrian Peterson or bust, and it, for him, I, I I've always seen it. It was Aaron Rodgers or bust. Like Aaron Rodgers making you, hmm. you're not making Aaron Rodgers, and now you don't have Aaron Rodgers. You and now you have, and you've been given a and been blessed with a overly talented team on both sides of the ball, and yet you still can't move the needle in the playoffs. And I'm not saying, and I'm taking nothing away from San Francisco, but you set yourself up to show me who you really are. You are a fake and a fraud, man. And I'm I'm sorry, I don't, I don't like, I'm not impressed with this guy at all as a coach. And for Dallas, I'm telling you now, sell now, cut your losses now, because I heard, I'm listening to, to chatter on the radio. They said, well, if they get one more year to see what you... Wh- That's the whole Seattle sy- syndrome. Why are you even going to prolong the inevitable, put yourself behind another year? You don't even know what next year is going to bring. But let me tell you what it's going to end like. Probably not even the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, because teams are getting better around you. They're and, in, they're, they're, the fact ahead. that they missed this, they're in salary cap hell now. Hundred million dollars contract to Amari Cooper, hundred and forty million dollar contract to Dak Prescott, ninety million dollar contract to Ezekiel Elliott. So you know what's gonna happen now? They're gonna keep McCarthy and find a way to uh, shell off Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Because now all of a sudden Elliott has to take the hit because of this fool. Your workhorse, the one who revitalized your damn offense and identity as as Dallas once the whole Romo syndrome went away. Which... And they're gonna they're gonna do the same thing that they did when right before they got Zeke, and they're gonna try to ride the DeMarco Murray train mm-hmm. for, for that what three year stretch. It was DeMarco Murray and um Darren oh God, what was his name? The Darren Fells? No, no, no. That's that was the tight end. Uh no, 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 no. Oh, oh God, why is his name leaving me right now? It was another it was him and it was cause he 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 was a part of DeMarco that. Murray took his job. Yeah, yeah. But I can't remember did, who the other guy was. It was the guy right before. Yeah. yeah, and they would they both did exactly the same thing for two straight years, virtually three technically. Um, but yeah, they was riding that little train, and then they finally got Ezekiel Ezekiel yeah. Elliott, and then they just moved on and then built the team. I think it's gonna be a repeat of that. 
And then all of a sudden, I think maybe in two, three years, they're going to start talking about, do, do we have to move off of this DAC contract? That was exactly where I was going to go. <laughs> they, they, they're going to just, they just been a waste, DAC's precious years here, prime years, and as we go doing this addition by subtraction. But guess what? Mike McCarthy got to sit at the helm and coach this crap into the ground. But here's the point I wanted to make about this game. Go ahead. This is what I've already said it with Matt Nagy. I've said it with um, with Urban Meyer. Each one of these guys have had a game that was a fireable offense. And the reason why this specific game is Mike McCarthy's fireable offense is because you're the most penalized team in all of the NFL this season. Mm. Think 127 penalties coming into this game. That by itself is is horrible. But with that being the case, you know it's going to be a tough game versus San Francisco. You know this is going to be a dogfight. Mm-hmm. You know all, all Jimmy G does, he just wins. He just wins games. And you cannot give them any inch because if you give them anything, they will take it and they will run with it. You have to be as disciplined as possible. And you had 14 penalties eight of which that either gave you that took away a first down that you gained mm-hmm. or gave San Francisco a first down because of just pre-snap or just bad discipline by your team. And that all comes with preparation. That all comes with that week before saying, these are the things that we got to clean up. These are the things we got to focus on. These are the things that we need to make sure that we don't shoot ourselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. And you had, I think, seven penalties or maybe eight or nine penalties going into halftime. You were not, we're making no halftime adjustments about discipline. We're not hammering home the fact that we're down by multiple scores going into halftime at home. Mm-hmm. And we're the ones doing it to ourselves. We're not gonna, we're not gonna make that point to 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 our roster. We're not gonna say anything. To anybody about that, the entire offensive line, one of the best offensive line, the one that actually blocked the referee from spotting the ball and, and stopping you from spiking it so yeah, you can how, get one more playoff. How about you block for your, your damn running back for a change? Or your quarterback for a change. Exactly. Jesus. Man, you know, block the for the The one right touchdown people. that they had was on a scramble play because Dak could not get any time in the pocket. But regardless, mm-hmm. 14 penalties, eight of which that, that, that were – extending drives for San Francisco or ending drives for you. What did you expect was going to happen? In a team that undisciplined, you cannot even put them in a serious Super Bowl contention conversation. But this is why I say the point that you made earlier, Mm -hmm. the talent on this team is insane because you're only one possession away from winning the goddamn game after 14 penalties. Are you kidding me? Basically, three damn quarters of nothing going, you know, (laughs) of a football. You know, just. And again, all of this goes back to Mr. McCarthy. Yes. And they can say that, well, you got coordinators and other trainers and bump all of that. On top, just one more thing that is his fault is that last play. You 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 have the headset on. You know what Kellen Moore is saying. Let's run a draw play with 14 seconds left. Everybody in the entire NFL knows. If you don't have a timeout, 
You cannot run a play under 16 seconds without a timeout because you won't be able to clock it. We know this. This is this is something ingrained in any NFL fan who's been watching more than five years knows that 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 statistic. 16 seconds is the magic number. Gotcha. We all know that. How the hell do you not know that, Mike McCarthy? I don't know. He should have been screaming in Dak's ear the slide at some point. And I know there's been some mention of this, but even if Zach couldn't catch it, because, of course, if you're San Francisco and being a little bit smart, you kind of zone out and just kept them keep running because yeah. you want them to run the seconds off and then you tackle him, you know, because you know you're not going to get in the end zone. But you let him get, you know, if you're going to give up seven extra yards, you know, nobody cares. You know, you're not kicking a field goal. Yeah, so, you can't kick a field goal. <laughs> you know, you got to clock it. I'm like, you probably won't get it off. And they didn't. And. Yes, there was a debacle at the end where they could have possibly might got it at one second. But to your point, you can't put yourself in that type of position when you're sitting there scrambling, trying to make a comeback. And like, but especially, and this is what you put on Dak because on that play, Dalton Schultz is wide open. He is sitting in the flat, fifteen yards down the field. Not not in the flat. He's sitting in the middle of the field, mm-hmm. fifteen yards down the field, with nobody within thirty yards of him. Just throw it to him. He can get out of bounds, and you still have four seconds left right. to run Just a play. Just beeline out of bounds and be done. Set it up for at least, or at he least can slide give yourself, and give it to the, or give it to the judge, and he can put it down. I'm gonna say, just give yourself one more play, you know, and it, just lack of communication. Again, lack of just lack of discipline. You know, it's just a complete mental breakdown. Which over the 26 years, we have seen this time and time again. So this does hey, Stephen A's right about of, this. This kind of <laughs> extends a little bit beyond McCarthy, but when you bring in a McCarthy in, you're just perpetuating the issue that's yeah. just already there. He's not there to clean that up. That's all I'm really getting at. Now, here's a question I would have, because we yeah. haven't talked about San Francisco at all, and my question has nothing to do we're with San Francisco there, either. We'll, we'll talk to him in a second. So any San Francisco fans will get to how great th- that Gotta team Got to talk about the one home team that lost. Yeah. Know, I'm going to do my due, due diligence on this, Mike McCarthy. Thank you for giving me that, that time, because yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. But here's here's a question that I would have Go for ahead. you. If they do come to their senses, because granted, it was Stephen Jones that made the statement that he says that he believes Mike McCarthy will be back. He's not the one who's going to be making he that don't make decision. decision. So, so if Jerry Jones wakes up and is just like, can't do it, got to get him out of town, uh, whatever, however Jerry Jones might go about that. If that's the case, do you what would you think about them trying to retain Kellen Moore or Dan Quinn as the head coach? of the Dallas Cowboys? Or do you think that they need to go outside of the organization to find their guy? I'll answer both of those. I think it's a two-pronged answer. They could do either. They could do both. Either or. If they decide to stay in-house, I'm more leaning toward Dan Quinn. Mm. I, I'm, I don't know. They are, I'm just not feeling they, the offensive quarterback. You're, you're not big on Kellen Moore. I'm not at all. Okay, I just yeah, that's fair. I, and I maybe and maybe I, I I shouldn't have watched Hard Knocks because I it just <laughs> it made it even worse for me. I was just like, dude, hmm. he, he didn't do nothing egregious, but it was just you you, you didn't even pass the you didn't pass the eye test on the, on the documentary for me. I'm like, I'm not I'm not feeling it. I don't know if all OCs operate like he do or talk like he do because they do. I just probably ain't gonna be. I'm just down on co- coordinators, but <laughs> he did not impress me at all. And okay. I guess I'm saying I'm saying it in the caveat of this. Let me be very clear. Well, let's hope Chicago doesn't get him then. Let me be, no no. Let me be very <laughs> clear. He doesn't impress me as an OC 
to a head coach like Mike McCarthy. I just you put them two together. I just thought they were just the dream team oh, okay. of disasters. Yeah, yeah. It's just like if he's probably a much better offensive coordinator with a better co- head coach, a better with boss. Dan Quinn, possibly. I'm saying possibly, but Dan Quinn, I'm I'm probably thinking like, look, dude, I'm gonna need you to get some more staffing in here to help you because I'm not I'm not super big on him. But I was just saying, if they want to keep it in house, I would probably lean more toward him. Okay. Now, with that being said, my first choice is to outsource. And okay. get a whole new staff and get the right staff, you know, like when they bought in, Be- you know, not to say Belichick, Parcells. However, that was a power struggle back in the day. And that was, and that, and that's the whole Jerry Jones thing. So I'm saying that with this caveat that Jerry Jones gets the hell out of the way and allow. That's not going to happen. More than likely. <laughs> and I think, I think we're done seeing Dallas win anything for quite some time. And I'm talking about until Jerry Jones gives it up. Pass. Well, yeah, that's no. what I'm saying. Until ownership passes on, you know, and, and moves on. Yeah, it has to be new ownership. But oh, that's the issue because if ownership passes on, if it's gonna go to his son, it's Stephen Jones. But is he going to be Jerry Jones though? I don't have a problem with an owner. I have a problem with Jerry Jones as an owner. And all of- what scares me is the fact that we had what after any playoff game, whether you win or lose. Who the hell has ever heard, oh, let's go get the e- executive vice president of football operations to, to, to discuss the game? Hmm. That's interesting. They, Stephen Jones is the executive vice president of football operations. Why are you talking to the media after a football game? I'm not even Well, where, where, where did he come from? Exactly. So that is the, so see, that's what I'm saying. I think he yeah. is the same as, as, his, as his father. Yeah, this Jones family. <laughs> You know he's not selling it outside of his family. That, that's yeah, inheritance. I, yeah, no, that's you know. staying with. Like that's what I'm saying because if he, whether he he gives it up before he passes or he passes, unfortunately, it's going to stay within the Jones family. And it's I I'm almost guaranteeing Stephen Jones is going to be the man to run the and job. And that's what I'm team. going to say. What I'm saying again, just to make sure that everyone on here hears me. Dallas is never going back to the Super Bowl under the Jerry Jones era, or, or reign. I'll say. I just I don't see it. I as much of a Ezekiel Elliott fan as I am, I am I'm not even against Dallas. I actually like Dallas as, as a franchise yeah. just in general. I like what they built back in the day. I thought they were very cocky and some a holes, but Mike Irvin, you know, I like are. the organization. But, you know, but the organization I don't like itself, the fans. <laughs> the fans are just like I have not even. I still have never. Yeah. T- t- we know, talked about this. With, I yeah. think before. I I have run into some just arrogant cocky, delusional Cowboys fans. And this is why I'm 100% on Stephen A's side because he has the same sentiment that I do. Okay. It's just like, I don't have a problem with Jerry Jones. I don't have a problem. Jerry Jones, sorry, you're just not a good GM, but that that's neither here nor there. But I'm going to go back I, further. He's not a good owner. Simply because he wants to do, an owner needs to learn how to stay in their lane just like any other position. And he, he does not do that. But that, yeah, that's... I know, I know what I'm saying to a degree. There's I was like, because you got to take into the fact it's a six billion dollar franchise. I mean, that's a that's a damn good owner, if you will, if I say so myself. He inherited it, a historically great franchise. It, it was two. I mean, but he's 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 turned it over threefold. But when he, I think when he got it, it was a two billion dollar franchise. 
Now yeah. it's a six billion dollar yeah, franchise. He did, but yeah, but he got it years ago too. I know. The economy. You know, I, I get that. Yes. And if any, anybody, if you less you 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 in the you in the um, red for some strange reason, yeah, then you, you ain't doing right. Everyone <laughs> should have made some kind of increase. So yes. I'm all I'm saying is he did what he was supposed that to do. That portion as yes. an owner, yes. Sure. I agree with you. Wonderful. Him trying to be the GM, the president, the the whatever else he's trying to get his hands into. Yeah, I agree. He is Director way too of hands players on. operations yeah. and all this other He's decision. way too hands on as an owner. And I said this before they even went through this whole process with Zeke and Dak in this new era when they were still like when they were still like halfway decent with J- Jason Garrett and they were 8 and 8 multiple years in a row with Jason Garrett and Tony Romo mm-hmm. I was saying just move out of just go hire a GM that's all you got to do cuz obviously you, you've already come to the cuz at this point you've come to your senses you can't be the goddamn head coach like you just know that right. and so you keep hiring head coaches but clearly you just you, you're too tactile. Just take a step back. If you want to win another Super Bowl before you pass, go hire a GM. It's what we've been saying for the last decade. Go yeah. get a goddamn GM. Get the right one because you've had all the right coaches. Let me be very clear. Even Besides when they Mike won, McCarthy. <laughs> talking about during their uh, when, I when, don't when agree they with Jason Garrett, I don't think success, he won. when they've been successful, you've had the right coaches. But what I've seen, and I've seen this at the the highest level with them. You win, you have a dynasty. You win three out of four years. Back-to-back championships. And the whole damn time, I'm getting this there, and I've seen it before in another sport, (laughs) but the whole damn time, you're feuding with a Hall of Fame stellar head coach in Jimmy Johnson. Mm -hmm. Collegiate and pro level. (laughs) You don't have a lick of coaching in your on your DNA nowhere, and yet you he's winning games. He's he inherited a, a t- the team as a coach at one in fifteen. See, coming off a one in fifteen season, that's with a Troy Aikman, that is with an Emmitt Smith, and then they finally built the team after that for the next two three years and built a powerhouse. And you're feuding with this guy the whole time because you want full credit. This was me. I did this, not the players, not me signing, J- uh, bringing Deion Sanders over on, on on retainer from 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 San Francisco. <laughs> I mean, and gave him a I forgot what his contract it was ridiculous at the time, but yeah, had a ridiculous contract for a defensive, you know, a defensive back, and yet it, it none of them get the credit. Is it was all you? Wow. And then you bring Parcells in as another one, just as an example, and you just waste over this dude. And I'm like, this guy almost took three franchises to the damn Super Bowl. Three. And you got an issue with this guy. So it's just showing me there's a there's the, the least you common denominator the here is you. He's the problem. <laughs> and there's 26 years. Oh, my God. Tony Romo can't get it done. Jason Garrett can't get it done. This guy can't get it done. We bring Keyshawn Johnson. Oh, he can't get it done. We bring that guy. I can just name player after player after player. It is always they can't get it done. No, Jerry. You can't get it done. And you, because you can't get out of your own damn way. Because guess what an owner's number one <laughs> factor is, what an owner should be doing? Getting out of the damn way. Owner's own. <laughs> Sit your ass down and not be the owner. Sit in the box. Go ahead and watch the games. And stay your ass in that box. <laughs> yeah. Take, you know, the don't... fact that he was so prominent on Hard Knocks was a problem. I don't, I'm not watching it to hear Jerry Jones. Don't nobody give a damn about who personally 
who the owners are on from team to team. J- Mr. Hunt in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Thank you for bringing the championship to Kansas City in my lifetime. I don't know a damn thing about you in your life and what you do outside or inside of the, mm. uh, uh, of what goes on in the inner workings of Kansas City or outside of any other ventures of J.B. Hunt trucking and all this <laughs> other stuff that you got. I don't personally care. <laughs> it's not a t- I'm not watching it because of you. I'm watching yeah. it because of what you put out there. And that's it. I, he he when when they won the Super Bowl when his press conference came up guess what I went back to celebrate when they won the Super Bowl I'm not listen I don't care what you have to say outside of this I got some word that they were gonna bust the team up then I want to hear what he has to say that's no, not the case. all he ha- all he said was this is goes to Andy Reid and da- and, and uh, Patrick Mahomes and and all the people that have contributed following to this. a proper owner's model. <laughs> Any other owner outside of Jerry Jones would have said something very similar to that. Whether you 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 don't even have to mean it, <laughs> but real talk, because of Jerry Jones and what we've seen for over two decades, yeah, d- sit your ass down. I'm I'm done. <laughs> they will never win a Super Bowl with Jerry Jones at the helm. Let, let's talk about thing. San Francisco because we we completely overlooked Put them. That Twenty minutes on one side, maybe of the thirty. Ball. I don't even know. <laughs> Thank. Oh my God, that no. started with Mike McCarthy <laughs> to Jerry Jones. No, I'm I'm out on both. And yeah, yeah. Let San Francisco though. I mean, we said I said it, and I and if you again, if you listen to us as looking against against the spread, mm. we called it. We got all sick. We were six and zero against the spread this week. I'm telling y'all, and man, this team is one of the scariest teams. If you get them in a, if they, if you draw them to play this playoffs, you're gonna, you're, you, you hate it. You hate to see it because the second that you see that the San Francisco team is like, God damn. We're gonna have to run, get ran on. On first of all, we're gonna have to stop the run. Elijah Mitchell has been. Oh my God! This kid is like I don't understand how he's doing it. <laughs> I, you know, I have never even made a. This is probably, I'm probably going to say his name for the first time. I have never even mentioned Elijah Mitchell this whole year. Yeah, I just have watched him from afar because I'm like, you know, I'm waiting for the shooter drop because and yeah. he he went out, but he came. He's the only one who's coming back. <laughs> Everybody running back else, wise, every every running back on San Francisco gets injured and never <laughs> come back. Yeah, he keeps coming back though, and he keeps coming back. And pick he, up right where he left yeah, off. He doesn't slow down. So I mean, you got this guy, and then you got quasi Debo Samuel, who just does doing everything. You know, Debo Samuel is taking that Cordell Patterson model. Yes, and I was trying to think like, is it really coined his model? I'm thinking like, it was one other player I was thinking about, and I, it came in. The fact that you can't even get the name is it's Cordell Patterson model. No, it was, uh, <laughs> it was just as it was a third guy. It was three guys, but uh, never mind. Okay, but Debo Samuel is one of two of the three. It's, yeah. it's a third guy. I don't know why. I'm, never mind. But yes, and he's taking on that role. So it's now you got this quasi, you know, quarterback. I mean, running back, wide receiver. I mean, he threw a touchdown at some point. <laughs> so just does it all and and I cannot and I will not say enough when superman jumps God. shows up <laughs> man my God. Jimmy G. <laughs> he only knows, J- Jimmy Garoppolo only knows just know this you might be his favorite player in the NFL <laughs> I'm just saying when one of these dudes go down one of these big time that I love I love like like a Jimmy G to, to Pittsburgh? 
I'm like Pittsburgh. I don't <laughs> like that for him. But but he w- you put him and Najee together. Oh my god! I didn't even <laughs> think of that. Oh, my I'm god. just saying when I think about it now, though, you know, Deon- if you keep a Deontay Johnson and you still got a Clay, I think he can. Hey, I yes, he can help keep keep that damn um, franchise afloat. I mean, if they're gonna years. move on from Teddy Bridgewater, maybe Jimmy G down to Denver. I love it. I I, I love that. Or, sorry, even over to Denver. I love that even more. He didn't got as much talent, but I think that would be the beginning of them getting some well, serious they're gonna talent get to come Jerry over Judy there. back. True, and he'd be back 100%. And you got Melvin Gordon, who just revitalized his career this season. Uh, I forget who the other uh, – the, the the young kid over there. Um, I know what you're talking about, the other running back. Yeah. Now, but they got a is legit two Is that Javante Williams? Is yeah. it Williams? I can't – I don't know. It is Williams. It is, yeah. Jay so, Williams. So, yeah, Javante Williams then. Um, over there, I mean, that's a two-headed monster over there, and they might even sign another running and, back and to come And now they can over. get rid of that whole – competition thing like no now we have like a zeke pollard type yeah. thing going on those like i mean both if, of these if melvin gordon can stay healthy god that that tandem is going to be insane and and it's going to be compounded with the fact that you're getting jerry judy back one of the most dynamic wide receivers uh in the for the last three years and you just completely got taken out of the all the whole rotation this year and you think you think noah fan was okay now just get him the right quarterback, mm-hmm. and so I like and Tim I like, Patrick over there too. I like him, Dexter. I like him more going there than I do Pittsburgh. I like it, but I like either way. But my point is, I like Jimmy G. You put him anywhere, he's making that team better. I don't care what team it is. Yeah. Um. So I'll give it back over to you, but um. <laughs> Oh God, I, I can't even talk about San Francisco because it's just Dallas is just horrible right now. This game was more about the fact that Dallas lost it, but I will say this is one knock to Jimmy G. He tried giving this game back to mm. Dallas. He he single handedly tried to put this game back in the hands. And also, um, I've never seen this before, but George Kittle, that was pretty damn close to being a fumble there, bud. Hmm. I bet it was. I I whew, I saw that I was like oh no this is this this is the 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 Kyle Shanahan unraveling and and mm-hmm. type type situation so that is the only scary thing about it is that that is always in the back of your mind when you're looking at this team is just the the implosion that can come but talent wise and just on paper this team is tough you this is when we've been talking all season about teams that are tough outs. This is one of them. Yes, this is are. a team that can get you on any given Sunday or Saturday. And I had them slated at two in the division. They slipped a little bit, but mm-hmm. I never lost sight of like, man, I don't care what that record say. That is not a that's not a matchup I want. And for the last couple of weeks, they have been on fire. The Rams, the Cowboys, they all on the road. All I'm saying is, watch out, Green Bay. And I'm serious. <laughs> I am yeah. dead. Serious, and I'm not even. I'm not just saying that. Like, ooh, watch out, Green Bay. I hope they can beat y'all. There's a boogeyman. No, no, no. but it's actually also this whole thing about that. There's some history between the two teams as of late, and, and I think you've probably got some statistics to talk about when we get to it. Oh god. So, um, let's, let's get to nightcap. This game was also very fun to watch. Uh, we watched this one together. Ah, uh, the one I was waiting on. All right, Kansas City. <sighs> Talk about a team on fire. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. They come out slow, as always, but they get the 42 to 21 point victory over the, the Pittsburgh greatest, Steelers. The greatest, worst, <laughs> the greatest, worst first quarter play, team playing in history of, of sports ever. This. God, they, are, they God take the first quite game. a while to get started in a game, but when they do, they turn it on and it it becomes a whole. You better ordeal. have twenty eight points by the time they second quarter. I'm just saying, you better come out on guns blazing first quarter on Kansas City, or more than likely, it's going to be a wrap for you. More than likely, I'm just saying. Yeah, just throwing it out there. So there's that. But forty two points, they they're the second most efficient team in in the AFC in all of the playoffs right now yes. uh, as a whole. <laughs> Um, and I mean, 30 for 39 from Patrick Mahomes, 404 yards, five touchdowns, Jerick McKinnon, this dude, he gets just a little bit of daylight. He is going to take over the game and it's just, he, I'm so happy for him to get out of San Francisco and get that, that running back injury bug off his back. Cause getting to watch him play football again has been such a treat. Yes. Yes, he was. And with Kansas city's depth. And I mean, depth. <laughs> they had this man just sitting on the shelf, healthy, waiting, waiting, salivating, <laughs> just waiting for an opportunity. And they unleash him in the first game of the playoffs. First week of the playoffs. My they God. Really didn't even have, they for... didn't have to go anywhere else, but they could. And you, you saw them. They, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Brian Pringle, uh, uh, Robinson had a sighting yes, on Sunday. Like, they have. Everything Nico that you could Hardman. ever think of, <laughs> Nico Hardman. I forgot about him. Oh my! Like it's just Noah Gray, it, Blake Bale. I mean, it just it just it it just keeps going. You want to talk about depth, and then the defense. They played a very solid game. They gave up some some points in in the second half, but hey, it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I they had six registered runnings running backs in that game. How ran <laughs> up and down? Pittsburgh. By the way, oh, I guess Daryl Williams. I mean that that's one guy you got to watch out for. Uh, just I mean, literally I'm just putting points Patrick on the Mignon's board for for Pittsburgh. And I'm adding the quarterback. Oh, okay. But even with that six, I mean most play most teams don't run out two running backs at any given time on any game. But you they had six registered runnings runners or rushers I should say in the game when the game was all said and done. I'm just making a point that when I say they are deep. And they use damn near everybody, and that mean they use everybody. You know, I will say there's one person they didn't use, Josh Gordon. Well, I mean, it's kind of <laughs> hard to use an active player, yeah, but um, why he's inactive t- is a question. That is the that was about <laughs> just going there. That somebody could please tell me why he. I look it, the game was how many days ago? Still don't know why he's out. Absolutely no, no so, reason. Didn't, you know, so but, anyway, I, I don't even know why they even put him on a list. I'm like, well, hell, you don't play him when he is active half the damn time. So yeah, I don't even know what they're doing with him. So maybe there's some issues and they just keep it under wraps with you know disciplinary in a disciplinary way, but. It's Josh. It's Josh Gordon, and I mean, dude, I mean, they don't need him, obviously. And I'm just saying, his history ain't been all the greatest, but he's still on the team and he's active in his playoffs and he's on, he's on the roster. So I mean, he's, that's, that's saying something as opposed to we have seen what happened in the past with a Le'Veon Bell or you know Lashawn McCoy, and and he's still playing. But I'm just saying, it's just it's a waste. And I'm just like, man, he could have had anybody else over there helping, you know. And I don't know. I, I just I'm soured on the guy now because he's been there long enough to. Like make a break and I'll see you broke. So, <laughs> but with that being said, yeah, the Jared McKinnon thing, 
was not the greatest thing going on in the game, but I thought he was the most impactful. <laughs> I, I I would say he was the b- biggest thing in this game. I mean, I mean, obviously you got the efficiency of the rest of the offense, but even without having Ceh or Daryl Williams or even uh, 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 Derek Gore be super effective, to have a guy be able to keep you on schedule in Jarek McKinnon, who is what third, fourth on the running back depth chart, uh, three or four, because there was Dar- Darwin Thompson. That yeah. We so to have a guy that's that far down on the, on the running back pole to come in and just be this effective and keep you guys on schedule. When you get Ceh back, what the hell is going to happen? They changed their play calling up, though. That's the thing. I know. You know I get that. I, don't, it's a I, different I didn't want to say that, but it's just like, <laughs> how do I not say this? Because I've yeah. watched them long enough to. They're a totally different team with him. Like, and this. So are you hoping Ceh doesn't come back? That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> that'll be. That's crazy. <laughs> what I'm saying is, I don't like how they use him. That's I don't, I don't and I'm thinking I'm 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 sorry. <laughs> I love Andy Reid. <laughs> I don't think Andy Reid knows what he's doing. I don't think he knows what to do with him. Like why you we you see the talent that he has. You see what he can be. They don't they will put more emphasis in the run game with 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 Williams a hundred to one. In regards to then what what they do with CEH. CEH is just kind of passively calling run plays. They stack the line. They don't even call it audible. Just draw play up the middle with him. I'm like, he's not a power back. He, <laughs> what what do you do? Is, they don't they don't play him to his strengths, is what I'm seeing as, okay. a, as a fan. I'm not it's just a critique. It's not a So com- do you you want them to use CEH like they use Jarek McKinnon? Yes, and like how they use Derek Gore and how they use Williams. Well, they use Derek Gore as a power back. Yes, they do, and and Williams is to a degree. To and 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 when they had the goal line, they they yeah yeah. Ch, no, nah, they they flaring them out. They just got him. You're doing all these little goofy stuff, wildcatting <laughs> them, and you know it's just like, what the hell are y'all doing with it? Whenever he scores, I'm surprised. Like, oh, shit, oh game. You know, like it, it's kind of like that, and I'm I'm so off balance with. You know, it's like I can't call his number. Like, and maybe that's a good thing for defenses. Like, we don't know when what to, what to expect from this guy. But you don't utilize him enough to really be that effective, like as a decoy. So it's like he's like one of these prototypical decoy. Like, you really just got him just out there, you know. Yeah. And, but if you you got to stay honest at the same time, but not so honest because they're gonna throw the ball more times than they gonna. It's kind of. So it's again, weird. what the hell are you doing with this dude? Like he has all the. T- well, maybe the they talented- were saving him for the playoffs because this is the time to use him if there ever was a time. So, man, yeah, granted, yeah. he's still not back yet. So uh, you, you still got another week of, of the Jarek McKinnon yeah, he show again. You know, that's just, <laughs> oh my god, it, his this year was a fail for him. Uh, just yeah. collectively, it, especially when you got other guys like Derek Gore breaking out this year and Jarek McKinnon having himself right. had us up here yeah. researching. Was this Frank Gore's son? You know, <laughs> we didn't know who this dude was. Dude, he had himself a day that day. Man, and then he got a couple of extra games. But you, but the point is, now that you've seen that, we got to be keep this dude honest. Like if you just slouch on this dude one time, okay, Derek Gore has 158 yards now, and you know, and 12 yeah. carries, and, you know, some something like that, but. With that being said, 
they had steamrolled over your favorite team. <laughs> the Steelers. Don't ever say anything like that ever again. The team you Do love not lie. Love, hear me out. The team you love to bash. <laughs> so it's your favorite team that you love to bash. You let me. No, my favorite my team to, to bash is the Bears because I have firsthand experience with it. Uh, you had some very good takes with the Steelers all season, and I can go back and <laughs> go through volumes of finding all of this. I footage. do not like this team. Yes. <laughs> uh, by by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but I, I am a fan of Mike Tomlin, uh, and but I'm definitely not a fan of Ben Roethlisberger. So I will say I am going to be happy to watch some football uh, ne- next season w- without having to be subjected to just crappy quarterback play from Pittsburgh. Well, he well, has to officially retire first. Well, I do, we'll get into it in the next time. But okay. There was a statement made by Mike Tomlin that makes me think that this is that this truly is over. Um, so we'll we'll talk about that. But okay. yes, it, I'm. You are correct in that because he can pull a Brett Favre and say I'm retiring. And I mean, he's been talking about retiring for damn near five years now. Uh, ben Roethlisberger and just now, it's become kind of. And let me say this: hit close to home. Just in all fairness, just for this one game sample size, didn't have a bad game. No, I mean, I'm, just I'm, did not have enough. My to point would have be been close. this: if you could just keep that, give me 200, 250 yards, couple touchdowns, keep the interceptions low. That's that's suitable. But we know he can't do that for whatever <laughs> reason. But. I, it was just interesting that he actually had a – he was really the only bright spot on the offense, to be honest, you know, um, which is not seeing a lot from Pittsburgh at all. Kansas City routed this team. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was expected. Yeah. This it, was not a shock by any stretch of imagination. I mean, a touchdown here and a <laughs> touchdown there by Pitt and another touchdown. It was more so Kansas City taking a foot off the gas more than anything. Um, I mean, 42 points in three quarters. Yeah, you know I me. Mean? I was trying to. Basically I, I, wanted, I wanted them to get that Buffalo record. I'm like, oh man, yeah. don't get that 49. Just to, just to. <sighs> you know, everything for me is like a mental edge. Like, my girl, you do the 47. We're gonna put up 40. I, I said 56. Yeah. Now, they should have been able to. They, they had, done they it. had a they ample had time to do, it. Done to do it. And yet they just took their foot off the game. I'm like, oh, come on. You're going to fizzle out like that with 40. I'm They're not fizzling that. I, out. They're I, just I, protecting themselves. They're going to fizzle out at 42. <laughs> that's how high, <laughs> I mean, high You know what's insane? They ran out running. of fireworks in this game. They were they were going through it, and there was a tweet by the Kansas City. It was like, well, we don't have any more, so anybody can bring us some. We'll definitely take your spares. <laughs> I mean, it, which is interesting because I'm, well, I guess the fireworks, I was going to say, because it, it wasn't a whole lot of celebrating in the first half, even though they had 21 at the half. You know, it, it was the second it, quarter. They blew the thing wide open. I, I know, but the first half, I mean, that first quarter was so. Uh, I, I called that, 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 that uh, Travis Kelsey touchdown, too. He did. Literally, he did. He I was did. sitting there. I was like, "Yeah, this is gonna be a Travis Kelsey fifty-yard bomb." <laughs> Just he's gonna scramble for the last thirty-five yards and get in the end zone. And two plays later, no, I think it was the very next Wasn't play. I think it was the very next play because they went to Probably commercial. Was. Yeah, it was. That's okay. It was the commercial part. Yeah. Right? I was just like, hey, this is ridiculous. And, I mean, it's my scene. I wasn't expecting it, but I was just like, okay. <laughs> I guess we having that type of game. Plus, I had money riding on it. So when I called, I was just like, please, I need to have this going in half time. But regardless, they yes. they played such a fantastic game. It was 
They're one of the best teams, and it, it, next week's matchup is going to be a doozy. We'll get to that later. Yeah, so um, completely lopsided game. I don't don't let the score fool you. The game wasn't close at all. That 21 is a very misleading 21. Um, I'm going to say, go out on the limb and say that 14 of the 21 was in garbage time. You know, yeah, basically. So. I mean, I would... Seven definitely. The, the the last touchdown was a hundred percent in garbage time. I'm uh, just giving them the first half. Just that seven in the But seven. also that first touchdown was such a weird touchdown. Don't really have to get into it, but Thanks for reminding me of that. Because <laughs> that just I didn't I wasn't even registering how they did it until you uh, <laughs> We don't have to talk about it. Daryl Williams. <laughs> yeah. You ought to be shaming yourself. He All gets right. the Cedric Benson Award. So moving on. Kansas City is Stop bringing back. up Cedric Benson. <laughs> It was the worst play I've seen until God. Sunday. Let's and talk that Monday. was the worst. So, yes. <laughs> There's some Monday football that, oh, my. This is what this is. We want to talk about this is the team that we wanted to see out of out, out of Buffalo all season long. This is a team in the Rams team that I was expecting <laughs> this last month of the season. Take care of the football is what I said. They took care of the football and they demolished the Cardinals. It was Cardinals never stood a chance. They they, they were deer in the headlights all day long. Yeah, uh, let's start with the Cardinals because this is, is let's just get the bad out the way first. Um, unless I'm going to go ahead, I'll give you the. Floor. I want I want to give you the whole stage for the Rams because this has been your squad all year. Um, Arizona. <laughs> Okay, so you obviously duped the country and myself with that 7-0 start. When I was saying that to say this, because how I had, I had Arizona, see what, they, what Arizona did here, they, 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 they got me all mixed, mixed up and messed up with this whole Arizona, NFC West, San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. See, them and San Francisco got me all twisted because that's where they all got flip-flopped. And it just, so I started to see them in a book. Okay, they made a jump, you know, and they did not. <laughs> that's not what happened. They took advantage of a soft schedule, <laughs> a soft um, plethora of games. And they, took, they just took, they won the games they were supposed to at the beginning. Kind of got out the gate a little bit hotter than what was expected. All of a sudden, the whole sports world decided to just jump on the train and overhype this team. And, you know, and I would say they were hyped based on, you know, just, you know, the team started winning a couple games. All of a sudden, that's just easy to say, oh, this is the team. They're, they're, they're rolling and so on and so forth. They can't be stopped and this, this and that. That ain't what happened. They got injured. And they, they did. never recovered from these injuries. The guys came back. People went, came and went. People went back out, and so. But they were never the same team. I called this a month ago. When DeAndre Hopkins went down, they never were the same. Their offense completely falls apart without him. Even James Conner wasn't benefiting from what what little distraction those last two weeks of no, DeAndre Hopkins. No, it wasn't Hopkins the was. same. But the caveat still has to go back to week seven. Kyler Murray's initial injury started this. Is all I'm getting at. It the bottom fell out with Hopkins. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. That when the, when the bottom fell out, it came with Hopkins because even when he was still a little bit hobbled, he could trust. I've got the dude that if I just put it within five yards of him, it's getting caught. 
It, and I don't know how he did it on one leg, but he would still yeah. go out there, take a playoff, come back. Come right back in and still be you know, dynamic. Do what you got to do, get a seven-yard catch, get the, get the first down, <laughs> take a ground, take a get up, <laughs> step, you know, hobbles right back off, take another couple plays off. You know, some kind of way they was making that work for as long as they could make it work. I think it was two or three weeks of that. And then when he was just like, nah, that's the season for me. It just like yeah, well, he wasn't getting any better. No, I mean, it was AJ just... Green took a hit. Christian Kirk could never become that number two guy. Uh, 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 who who uh, Zach Ertz just never could blossom into what we thought he, he could was, be over there. Yeah, it was so yeah. yeah, he was there, but it's like, but he wasn't. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't step into the role of or to step into the void that they were. Yeah. Nobody did. Let me just be clear. We could just go down and let nobody stepped up. But then also Kyler Murray didn't have anybody that he could just trust that it's like, hey, if I need to go to you on this play, I can go to you and I and I know where you'll be. There was he has such a rapport with DeAndre Hopkins at this point where it's just like that is the connection. If they're not that is the duo. If yeah. th- those two aren't on the field, it's kind of like um uh, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. If those two aren't on the field, it's anybody's game. It, they can blow this whole thing wide open. And James Conner kept them afloat for a couple say, of weeks. But yeah, but you never had him and Edmonds together really all season. Mm-hmm. They, so we well, never got until, to see. Until yesterday. I'm, not, I'm talking about for real together. Yeah. Like y'all both 100% yeah. or as close to it. But it's always like I'm coming back. I know I'm, I'm, I'm clear to play. I'll do what I can. It's a playoff game. Not saying this, but we have not really seen these two together. James Conner played this game without even taking Toradol. Mm. He didn't get the injection because you know what it was. What he did, <laughs> he he was afraid of the report from last year when Tyrod Taylor got his lung punctured. He didn't want to have the risk be ran on him, which is it's totally valid because it's something that they say every single time you do get a shot in that area. Uh, but he was just like, no, I'm just going to go. Can I, he basically asked the trainer, can I, can I hurt it more? They were like, no, he was like, fine, I'll just deal with it. And Lord behold, he scores the one sole touchdown. <laughs> James comes to that dude now. Uh, he, he is. And, but yet they have a dynamic two headed monster technically. And I'm using, I'm talking about Chase Edmonds, not the rusher, the receiver. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he is in, he is so dynamic out of the backfield. I'm just saying, we never got to see this offense fully loaded. You know, like we know what they could be. Yeah. And it just never came into fruition. And it might never do, because we don't know what's going to happen in offseason. You know, guys come back next year, ain't the same or whatever. I just uh, wasted opportunity. But Arizona, like I said, I think they, they, they have fooled the entire country. Starting out with that seven and zero, which I'm not taking anything away from. I'm just it just it 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 skewed the whole philosophy and psychology of what this team was going to do going further because they could not get past mentally nor physically their injury their injuries their injuries uh, injury situation that was going on in Arizona and it just continued to snowball all throughout the year. With that being said, 
Now we're seeing Arizona sitting on the couch. So 49ers are just moving on, and they're that team because they, they were always was. And that's why I was like, yeah, throw the records out of here. Like, because we're looking at 11 and 6. And this whole division, the records don't matter. No, and, and we, and we, they're and within I, two games which of is each why other. I kept saying that all year. I'm like, my God, man, you, you know, to whoever the last place team is going to be, which of course was Seattle. Yeah. And, you know, but I was just like, this damn, but even, see, even if, if your worst team is Seattle, that's, I'm just saying that you want a tough damn division because it is. Seattle, as bad as they were, they are not an easy out either. No. They, they wasn't necessarily they're not the they don't quite qualify as the tough out, but well, I mean they they but, beat Arizona in the final week of the season and stopped Arizona from winning the division. The win the games they did win were very key. That's yes. what I was gonna say, and they can. They can go out like like early they year. They early beat uh, Indianapolis. That's what I'm saying. They <laughs> can come into your house and just smack you around and smack you right in the damn mouth. And that be you'd be like, I thought you was like two and seven. And then 12. the very next week, they just completely fell right. apart. He's <laughs> like, I thought you was four and you know four and twelve. What, what the hell? You a four and twelve team? How you beating me like you know, just like this? You yes. know, and, and so my, that division is so damn stacked. Where even yeah, be like, well, there's Seattle. Who have you ever seen a division stack one to four? No, but you, but three powerhouses, and one, and, and at least the fourth team is still you got to respect them, and they 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 because of the old coaching situation. But I don't want to get into Seattle's nonsense. But you know, <laughs> um, but that division by far, I I've I, I've always had this, <laughs> it's skewed how. You look at these teams while everybody was down on San Francisco. And I kept saying, you know, I would, you know, remember, I was just like, I don't know what team is coming back. That was my thing. Yeah. And so when I seen it, oh, Jimmy G, okay, he's, he's healthy most of the time. Yeah. You count this team out if you want to. You know, I don't give a damn what you're saying. Yeah. This dude is going to, they're going to find a way to win this damn game. You know, and I'm like, how the hell is D.O. Samuel continuously doing it? Guess why? Because Superman keep throwing him the damn ball. That's how. Superman knows to hand him the ball off, and he does the rest. It just, it's just a dynamic that's going on out there. Arizona has the pedigree to do all these things, and yet we watched it implode the second half of the year. They just, I mean, a tale of two half, two two seasons in one year. Yeah, it was definitely. Three, a four and six in a last ten games? I'm like, I, Four and seven, including the playoff, like just a complete drop. I mean, you talk about veering off the road into a damn ditch. <laughs> this was it, the Arizona Cardinals. To my point, I give you the Rams. I, I'm so proud. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched this team, and it's this is a story of everything coming together at the right time. Von Miller on the defensive end. Finally, he had so many plays in this game that were just tackles in the backfield, making sure that they're they're getting after these guys, putting pressure on the quarterback. I mean, God, they harassed Kyler Murray all night long. I mean, you got even just Aaron Donald's already there, and he he's still making causing still mm-hmm. just absolutely blowing up that offensive line. On the on the back end, you've got Jalen Ramsey, and then a, a David Long Jr. who comes out of nowhere and <laughs> is just an absolute stud. Mm-hmm. Offensively, Odell Beckham is completely changing the dynamics of this offense, where Cooper Cup didn't have a reception until the second quarter. They have a true one A one B um, situation, and I'm not even factoring in Robert Woods is out. Yeah. Oh my! We're not even talking about that yet. Okay, and then go you also got Tyler Higby, who 
granted is not the most consistent, but when he does get involved, it's almost impossible to stop. And he's been involved quite consistently as of late. Yeah, the last few weeks, they continuously use him. And on top of the fact that you you had a guy already in Sony Michelle who was super dynamic and came into this game 13 carries for 58 yards. But then you also got Cam Akers back now. And it's just like, well, they, oh, how, who do we guard? You can't double anybody because you've got three wide receivers and a dude that can catch out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. you got a dude in, in, in Matthew Stafford who I've never seen this dude run as much as I did yesterday. I know he only threw for 200 yards, but he was scrambling on plays and getting key, key, picking up key yardage in in plays where it was just like, okay, it breaks down. You guys want to cover everybody? I'll take the seven yards you're going to give me. We'll take a nice second and three. We'll take a third and three instead of a third and ten. It's he does not, he did not give them the ball. Mm-hmm. He made sure that he hit Cooper Cup when he needed to. He hit Odell Beckham right on time to keep him involved. He got Odell, Odell Beckham involved early, so he didn't uh, tune out at any point. Mm-hmm. They they kept they stayed on schedule with a run game. Offensively, I don't know how you stop this offense. And defensively, if they can just stay healthy on defense, I don't know what what offense is just going to put up 30, 40 points on this offense. I, I don't think any offense can, even if they do lose some guys, I don't know if you're cracking 30 against them. Yeah. They, uh, we, we, we unfortunately did not see that we've been missing this Rams team for about a month. And my God, you talk about showing up at the right time. What about him through a pass in this game? Yes. Oh, and yeah. I didn't even talk about fans. Jefferson. What is that? <laughs> Which he can go back to, Let's develop this guy. Yeah, because now know, he's number three again. <laughs> you know, well, he's going to be number four when Rutt Woods come back. When, but, yeah, I was going to say right now, though, right. he's the number three. So he can just be – He all you have to do is focus on, I just need to know my routes. And needless to say, of course, Daryl Henderson Jr. You know, three running backs, four wide receivers. I mean, all of these – Tyler Higgs. I mean, my God. You talk – Super teams. This is all I can say. This is a super team. I'm like – yeah, I mean Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham. Are you serious? Are you serious? How do you stop it? You don't. This is this team is stacked, and to, for Matthew Stafford to get that monkey off of his back, finally getting that playoff win. I and somebody said it earlier this week. This was going to be more pressure for him than winning a Super Bowl this year, hmm. because for him, he, you get paid all this money. They made the biggest splash offseason trade for you uh, right out the beginning, out of the gate, saying, if we get you, we're going to the Super Bowl. We're, we we have all everything that we need. And then they make more trades to even bolster that whole sentiment. I was going to say, then they bring in Sonny Michelle and Odell Beckham. And Von Miller. Devon Miller. <laughs> they added some people because, you know, that's what you're Eric supposed Weddle. to do. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You don't sit there and just, we just going to run it with what we got. If you see, Tampa you can, Bay. You can, yeah. You, you see you can improve yourself. Improve yourself. What What are you waiting for? Don't wait yeah. to the next offseason. They like? did everything right. And now, and, and again, like I said, this is when it's all coming together because the last month, it's been them figuring it out. It's been Matthew Stafford's trying to kind of test where his bounds are. And he, yep, it bit him in the ass. <laughs> he threw eight interceptions over the last four four games. It was not pretty. But oh. they now they know where, where Matthew Stafford's ceiling is and where everybody else can take them to. 
you have so much talent and then you just got a guy that is so dynamic at the helm that it's just like, all right, you get us to this point, we'll get it over the finish line. You know what gets me most excited about the Rams? What's up? And and it's not even an offense. It's because, I mean, you, you could take Dallas as, a, as, a, as, a, as an example, Kansas mm-hmm. City, take Buffalo. Um, and I'm saying, I'm saying Buffalo as well from what I'm about to say. All them offenses, I'll give it some deep. You know, Green Bay. Green Bay to a degree, <laughs> kind of like the, the back end of yeah. this list, but you'll take these offenses any day over virtually anybody else over the league. You know what I'm saying? You, you're like, if I'm given a choice, yeah. give me that one. You know, that damn defense, that's compliment. They have the best complimentary, this is what I'm saying, complimentary defense yep. in any of those teams. And they even have face phase four, if you will, because phase three is supposed to be special teams. <laughs> phase four is what Dallas doesn't have. They have the goddamn coaching to get it done. Yes. Sean McVay is one of the smartest coaches in the league. He is right up. His brain, it is a toss-up between him and, and Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick obviously has done it for so much longer. Let's not, let's not get it twisted. And Bill Belichick definitely outsmarted Sean McVay in the Super Bowl <laughs> just a few years back. So let's not get it twisted. Bill Belichick still is that dude. Yes. But Sean McVay has proven himself. He he knows football. He knows how to get these guys into like I said, it, it's the little things that Sean McVay gets right because he got Odell Beckham involved so early in the game that it was just like, well, now he can't tune out. And so I can go anywhere now. I can do anything. And you're not going to ever know where I'm going to go. Let me do you one better. He got Odell Beckham involved no sooner than he put on the jersey. <laughs> like, did you know? I'm like, look, I was a Cooper Cup owner. Mm-hmm. Why is he throwing at Odell, Odell <laughs> so much? I'm not even understanding. This man's been here 10 minutes. And yet, because it's how dynamic no, no, he is. That's what I'm getting him. at. Like, he didn't waste any time with this guy. I wanted to really but emphasize You want to know the other thing? I, You know what I thought was different before this game even kicked off? You're watching them warm up, and just the the just like that brotherly camaraderie that mm-hmm. you have between Matt Stafford and Matt Stafford trying to guard Odell, just playing around while they're warming up, and Odell one-hand grabbing over, over Matthew Stafford as they're just getting going, getting ready for the game. It's that type of camaraderie that you need in these playoff runs because it's a long, like, yes, it's four, five weeks to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's in the grand scheme of things, it's not a long time. That's four or five weeks of playoff football. Intense, that's a long intense time. Football. Yes. Like, not, and yeah, so you need to not, be on not the playing same. the Jets. Yeah. You know, you're not, you're not seeing them type of team. Jacksonville's not going to be on the schedule. You know, it's, it's pedal to the metal. Smash mouth one week after the next. You hoping one of these teams not not show up, you know. But it, for the most part, you in for a fight for sixty minutes, flat out. And no, that yeah. if not sixty eight or sixty or seventy, I don't know what the overtime period is. Oh yeah, well, yeah in those cases. But I want to say I am very, very impressed with the Rams. Um, I was never off of them. I was just it was just more based on I just never really dove on that kind of that bandwagon type of thing in the sense of I respect this division so much. If it ain't the Rams, it could have been Arizona. If it's not Arizona, it could be San Francisco. You give me any of these three, I respect all three of them for what they're doing. Arizona, unfortunately, and ending this head-to-head, y'all just imploded. (laughs) Which they've been imploding for quite some time. The only thing that saved them and gave me 
space to say that they could possibly pull this off before they played, of course, was the fact that the Rams were struggling for the last four weeks. You know, just winning but struggling. They yeah, struggling that, but and that's losing. The difference. You know? Yeah, that was the difference. The Rams were doing it and winning where it was just like, yeah, it was ugly, but they got the, it at the end of the day, you got the win. Yeah. Whereas Arizona, it was just like, that was ugly. And you, what? Come on. And yeah, they had one nice win against Dallas, but in hindsight, Dallas, that was, hey, you should have won that game. So mm-hmm. it's, I, I think there needs to be a round of applause for what Arizona did this season. Cause I said at the beginning of the year, I thought that going into this, they were a year away. And mm-hmm. I think this kind of proved it. No, and I, I wasn't against it. I, I was just, when they caught fire, Yeah, I was like, damn, maybe they made, that's what I said. I, I, thought, I, I said, thought maybe I was wrong. Ju- I <laughs> think they made the jump. Like, okay, y'all just prove all doubters wrong. I'm, you see, I was all in. You so know? I was too. I was right behind you. I, I was like, good Lord. And I'm understanding there was the Rams. I'm understanding there was the, the, the 49ers. But good Lord, they look better than all of them. I mean, they just, and then they were just losing players here, losing another player there. Rolling, yeah. That, like I said, that seven and zero start just—it wasn't fraudulent, but it was. I didn't it, say it it, yeah. it. it 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 skewed the eye test. <laughs> it skewed the psychology of how you were watching this team because they just they you started made a, looking them as the as the favorites instead of looking at them as the underdog. And right, it, it, that that was the problem. And mm-hmm. and like I said, they were they 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 were a year early. They they. They were the Browns last year. Mm. That's fair. So I, I give you that. Uh, yeah, and like the Browns, they're out. Yeah, even though the Browns actually played a better in the playoffs than, than what Arizona. That did. is but, true. But it's yeah. but it. Oh, what I'm saying is simply they're just a young team. Year early. If they can, they this is going to be a critical offseason for Arizona. Critical. If they can get it right this offseason, this team is going to be scary next year. And let me be very clear what it needs to start on the defense. Yes. Um, Get healthy. Get the defense fixed. Get younger on the defense in some areas, and they'll be just fine. And patch up your offense because you don't need to do much. Yeah. Good Lord. Fix the damn defense because that is – Obviously, anybody watching the uh, <laughs> Cardinals this year, you know where the problems start. It starts on the defensive end. They can't stop. And also, anybody. maybe protect Kyler Murray a little bit more, fix that offensive line a little bit. But uh, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I didn't say it was no issues there. I was just just number one. Con- I don't know. Maybe that is the number one. Concern. No defense. Would, I, but I, I would. would I would still say defense. Yeah. <laughs> just they, I agree with you. That's just where you know what. <laughs> Man, they had six six glaring losses, and I'm like, man, all of it defensively related, completely. Yeah. It wasn't something about the offense. Oh, the offense didn't show up today. No, that damn defense is just sputtering, and it sputtered right out of control. Like I said, into a ditch. Agreed. Okay. Uh, congratulations, Rams. Did a great job. Um, hey, they that team, and next next week, oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. On the same page there. <laughs>